Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Do you remember Shannon Barkey Happy, the two-time Olympian skier? Well, because it's December, because it's ski season, because it's winter, I wanted to bring you this wonderful winter treat of having her be a guest on the show, but also being able to, at the end of the year, you know, tie in some mindset things that we will take with us into the beginning of the new year that can help us to create the lives we want on purpose. So let me remind you a little bit about who Shannon is. Her 12-year career on the U.S. ski team, that was big, but all of these things included She was a member of three Olympic teams, so 2002 and 2006, 2010. She received the bronze medal in Vancouver in Canada in 2010. She got the silver medal in Salt Lake in 2002. Um, She was a member of six world championship teams. I mean, this woman has a long list of accomplishments here. She was a member of the U.S. freestyle ski team for 12 years. She was on the A-team, on the top 10 in the world or higher for all 12 years that she was skiing. She had a World Cup title in 2003 and seven World Cup wins. And she stood on that podium 26 times and six U.S. national championships. We're so glad to have her on the show because what we're going to talk about is how does someone overcome obstacles and doubts and fears to accomplish at the level that she accomplished. So she's going to share mindset and tools and strategies that not only apply to an Olympian, but that directly correlate to how everyone can execute them to achieve their maximum potential, which is what she's doing now is helping other people gain the understanding for this type of life fulfillment and accomplishment. So stay tuned for all of her energy. are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Today's show is titled, Your Extraordinary Starts Now. And Shannon Barkey Happy is here to talk about how she did it. Welcome, Shannon. Yay, thank you so much for having <laughs> me here. Woo! I'm so glad to have you here. And we always start with your story. And I listened to your TED Talk where you talked about how average you felt that you were as you were kind of growing up and as you were starting into preparing for, you know, skiing and and skiing with all the people that were training. And yet here you are with a 12-year career on the U.S. ski team and two Olympic medals. How did you go from average person to Olympic medal winner? 
Well, okay. And I still, I just want to let you know, I am still very much average. Um, I am never the smartest person in the room, especially when I'm speaking to children, you know, at elementary schools and high schools. And then when I go into corporate, no, I'm just kidding. Um, But no, really, I am just your average person. And I think, you know, recognizing that I am not a prodigy, never was a prodigy, never had, you know, like Michael Phelps amazingness and Tiger Woods amazingness that if I wanted to dream big and I wanted to accomplish things like those athletes, I had to figure out a way to do it in the body that I have and the skill level that I was given. So for me, you know, I worked as hard as I could physically, but for me, the thing that I had to work on and I had to recognize that in order to be great, I had to figure out the mental toughness piece and the emotional toughness piece. And when, you know, you're given those opportunities, um, how can you capitalize on it? And so that's really where I learned um, in my Olympic career that I could shine my brightest and turn this average person into somebody that had extraordinary performances. How hard was it to to get that kind of mental toughness and emotional toughness? Well, you have to hit rock bottom. Um, before you realize that, you know, you, you need to make a change. And so for me, that, that really came in 2002 when I was trying to make my first Olympic team, I was skiing the best I've ever skied in my whole life. And I was prepared. I was ranked six in the world. I was, you know, skiing just, I felt physically the best and most prepared that I could be. But every time I got in the gate, um, you know, when we had world cups where we were qualifying for those Olympics, I would just completely fall apart and crumble. And the, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, um, and so I found myself with only three world cups left to qualify for the Olympics. And, um, and I wasn't even close to it. And I remember going home over Christmas and just having a breakdown with my family. And my mom said, you know, maybe you need to work on your mental toughness and maybe there's, um, you can find some help with a hypnotherapist. And I just thought that was the weirdest, stupidest thing that anybody had ever told me. Did you Um, do it? I absolutely did it. My mom said, well, do you have another choice? And I said, well, mom, I don't. She's like, well, then maybe you should listen to your mother. (laughs) So like a good daughter, I was like, oh my gosh, I rolled my eyes as big as I could and then followed my mom's advice. Um, And I learned, you know, in that, in those times when, when the pressure was really on and when I felt super vulnerable and when I knew that I needed to perform, I was focusing on all the wrong things. I was focusing on all the things that I couldn't control and my biggest fears and my past failures and people's expectations. And and when you have your focus on those negative things, that's your body follows that. Mm. Um, so I really learned how to switch focusing on, you know, the, the key words that I needed to tell myself, the positivity, trying to remember what it feels like in your body to have a perfect mogul run and when everything's going good and you feel in the flow and you feel in the zone. Um, and then also I really worked on this thing called perfect practice makes perfect. And it's kind of the, you know, the idea and the belief that, you know, if you just kind of go through life doing things average, then that's how you're going to show up to your biggest moments. 
But if you really strategically in your mind visualize greatness and what you want to do, there's a lot of studies that say if you visualize perfection, that's almost, it's almost like doing it physically. I've seen so, that. Yeah, that yeah. They, you get the same or better performance just from, yeah, from visualizing it. Yeah. So it just, it changed my whole world and it really showed me the possibility um, that our mind is so powerful. And if we train it and if we use it, that it will execute for us. So how much training did you have to do? Like how many times do you have to visualize to get that to sink in? Well, it took a long time. So I worked with, um, I worked with my hypnotherapist almost every single day for the next three weeks. But since that time, when I learned how to do that, it was, it was something that I worked on two or three hours a day Mm. for the rest of my career. And it's something that I still carry with me today. So positive self-communication and visualization is one of the only things as a human that we have control over. So (laughs) you to ourselves. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you, you started a coffee shop um, a few years ago. And, you know, you did, you've done some other things since then. Did, have you used those visualization techniques and the things you wanted to accomplish outside of skiing? Absolutely. And I work with, um, in my company that I own now called Team Empower Hour, we do team building and leadership development. And I've also designed a leadership program called the Will Program. Um, and in all of the things that I talk about, you know, we, we have control over those things and it's how we put them to use that really matters. So before I get on stage to do a big, you know, keynote presentation, what are the things, what are the things that I really have to physically remember to do? I have to remember to breathe. I have to remember to look people in the eye and remember those important words that keep me on track. So I teach people, you know, you, you don't want to visualize. I always hear people saying, oh my gosh, well, visualize you're at at your home resort skiing, you know, and, and when you get into that big moment that you're just at home skiing and I'm like, but you're not, you're at the Olympics. So you have to train for that moment instead of expecting those big moments to feel small. So, you know, working with people that are salespeople talking about, you know, their biggest pitches with their biggest clients when it matters the most, you have to prepare for that moment and and think about all of the ways that you have to prepare and perform and and put those together. And that's what you need to visualize and self-communicate every single day. Oh, I like that. So when you talk about, like we named this episode, Your Extraordinary Starts Now, because that's what you teach. So when you're teaching people to be extraordinary, you are talking specifically about this mindset tool. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that I think, you know, I always start people out at the very beginning before we even get to, you know, steps four or five, are you doing something you're passionate about? Are you doing something that you love? And, and if you are, how do we how do we get you to those next steps? And how do we put in that mental piece? But and what if, if you're not? not, then how do we do what? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, what if you're not? What if you're yeah. just gainfully employed in positive things in the culture? Yeah, <laughs> but, it, and, but it's and, not your passion. 
And if you are, that's okay, right? Some of us have to do the things every single day that maybe we're not super passionate about, but is there something that still lights your fire in what you do? Um, I remember when I was on the U.S. ski team and I worked at a check sorting facility for Wells Fargo, I think. And I could only have that job. What we did was separate. So every time you deposit a check in the bank, it goes somewhere and they have to manually sort it all to make sure that it gets through all the right places. You had no idea that that actually happens, but that does. And there was people like me that used to sort all the checks. And it was a horrible job. Like, oh, I just, it was so boring. It was mindless. And it was, you know, I had to do it at night because I trained during the day, but I found the value in, in what I was doing, that it was helped me, helping me accomplish my bigger goal of, you know, chasing my dreams to go to the Olympics. So sometimes maybe the work that we're not doing isn't speaking to our soul, but it's allowing us to do other things. And how do we find the value in that? And then how do we find the value in the path and what we're going to do moving forward? I think there's also this idea of whatever you're doing, do it to the very best of your ability. Because I remember reading a story, and I think we talked about this in, an, in a previous episode, but there was a restroom assistant and then a parking garage guy. And and they had shared some examples of how they just made it their own. They, they did the very best job that they could at it. So even though it's something that you would seem perhaps more menial labor, They'd sing to their clients and they do just the extra mile and everything that they did to make it interesting and to to have pride in their work and all sorts of things. So I think it, it doesn't matter so much what you're doing. It doesn't even matter if you're completely passionate about it. I think there are ways to live really big. And if you do want to move out of it, I think this mindset that you're talking about with the visualization of what's next is super key to, to taking you to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And you never know who's watching. You know, you could just be going along, doing your job, doing the best thing. And somebody's like, hey, I see that you are putting so much passion and effort and love into this thing. What if we give you this? What if I offer you this job? Or if you, you know, can do this, maybe that, you know, somebody recognizes what you're doing in your hard work and and may change your life forever. And you're much more likely to get an opportunity like that if you're really, you know, knocking it out of the park. Yes, absolutely. So I think we can all agree that like great things are going to take work, right? Yes. And and I feel a little bit like perhaps in this upcoming generation that there's a sense of entitlement because they've always had so much. And I've noticed that when it comes to a time where they, whoever they is, but often that the younger generation, when they have to work really hard for something that they often think, oh, this isn't meant for me. This isn't just coming easily to me. So this must not be my path. And I think that's a huge mistake because you have to work hard for great things and you have to remember that if you want to accomplish things. So let's talk about how to develop that mental toughness. Is are, is there anything that you can do with that besides just practicing the visualization? You know, I think that it, and and how we spend our time is so important. And I think right now I, I see the younger generation as 
as very goal oriented, right? They know what they want. They are big thinkers. They are the generation that wants to, you know, really attack climate change. They want to, you know, have their own unicorn business, um, you know, in the entrepreneurial world. They want, I mean, they want big things, right? But they also see at the same time that you can accomplish these big things in such a short amount of time. And, and that to me is the real, is the real danger is the the instant gratification. It's the instant gratification, right? Like, you know, I mean, for us, we remember, you know, when I was little, you couldn't even, you, you couldn't even like find a song. You had to listen to it on the radio. And then when it came on, you had to have two cassette players that were right next to each other, right at the right moment and press the play and record to even get the song. Right. You're and so now, dating yourself. <laughs> I know I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You know, but now you can just go Siri, what's this song? And then all of a sudden it's instantly. So I think for, you know, for, for gener and for even us, right. It's our generation too, that now sees the possibility of the big things that we can have and that we can do it quicker. And so my advice to that is you have to love what you do every single day, because most likely nine out of 10 times, it's not going to come fast and you're going to hit those roadblocks. And so what I, what I think about so much is I think about the end result and what that is. And, and using that as motivation to keep us going through those hard times, but you just have to love where you're at and you have to genuinely really enjoy what you do every single day. So the problem that I see with this is that not everybody knows what they love. And as I, as I talk with some people, particularly, you know, kids that are in college or coming up part of their frustration and part of the reason that they are discouraged with life is that when they get on social media and see the people who do know where they're going, who do know their calling, and they are in more of a state of, I have no idea. Like I could, I could do anything, but I don't feel particularly like passionate about anything. You know, there are those people too. You're, you're not always, so what do you do when you're those people? How do you excel? How do you find your way? Yeah, I think it's hard. You know, um, I feel, I feel very much this happened to me at the beginning of COVID, you know, my new business team empower hour that I had just built was, was finally getting off the ground after two years of really, really hard work and figuring it out. I was just like, Oh my gosh, finally, you know, finally people get it. Yes. I'm booking more. I'm, you know, my passion, I'm learning. I'm, you know, exactly where I need to be. And then COVID happened. And so people kept asking me, well, you know, how are, how are you going to change? How are you going to do it virtually? How are you going to do this? But my answer was like, I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to create an entire virtual company because that's not what speaks to me. But now on the other hand, how am I going to, how, how am I going to make it in the beginning? Remember, it was like, how are we going to make it these three months of no income? <laughs> um, how, you know, how am I going to make it three months? And then as it went further to a year to two years, can I hang on and still keep my why? And so I think that, you know, it, it takes a lot of soul searching and sometimes it takes turning off your social media. And, and stop having those, you know, we know those reactions that come whenever we, we feel 
you know, fear of missing out and fear of what other, you know, what everybody else has, just turning it off and doing the things that make you happy. And it's been a long two years of that. And I would say that I struggled a lot. And, um, and just when I would find like, I always call it the false summit, you know, just when I think, oh my gosh, I've made it to the summit. I, I pushed through it. It's awesome. Then I'd look to my left and I'd be like, oh my gosh, the mountain is still another 2000 feet away. <laughs> so I think it's just, remi- you know, remembering that it's not going to be easy and you do, you cannot climb a mountain by running up it. Sometimes you can only do it by walking. And sometimes you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I can no longer go this way. I have to go back down, cross over and go back up that way. And sometimes it's just trial and error, don't you think, with life? Like you try something to see if that's going to be what really works for you. And when it doesn't, you you don't get discouraged. You have to look at this was part of the path so I could cross this off my list. And now we'll, you know, try the next thing. The process, right? It's There's a journey involved in accomplishment. Even if that accomplishment is really just getting to know yourself and creating the life you want. Yeah. I, I always say, you know, when, um, when we had our coffee business, it was, it was so much fun to see an idea come right from the ground up, you know, like here we are, we're starting with nothing. We did a bunch of research on what roaster to buy. And we, you know, did a bunch of research on what we wanted to name our company. And we hired, you know, graphic design lady to do it. And to see our, our vision come to life was so cool. But then once we got to the everyday things, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not my passion anymore. This is not what I want to do. This is, I I don't want to be in a warehouse in the middle of Salt Lake City with a coffee roaster, like almost going to burn down the building every day. And, And so there is so much value in figuring out what you don't want. Mm. as opposed to what you want all the time. And I really feel like that is one of my greatest lessons that I ever learned with, you know, with having our coffee business was it is what I don't want to do fully. Okay. With that. And do I feel like a failure because I couldn't realize what I had originally set out to do? Absolutely. I feel that, that, that fear of failure, but I, I also value so much learning that that's not what I wanted to do and pushing me into a direction that feels so much more right in my soul. And that is the feeling of victory within itself is knowing you want to do something else. Interesting. You know, I have a couple examples of that too. When I first got my opportunity to teach at a university, when I was doing my master's degree, I I had thought for years that I wanted to teach in academia. And then when I got there and was doing it, I thought, this is not what I thought it would be, you know? And I, and at first I thought, wow, that really unmoors me. I thought that was my ultimate goal. And then I had to reconsider. That doesn't mean I won't ever do it. It just, you know, it just means that it it turned out to be something very different than I thought it was going to be. And then with Love Your Story over the years, this is our sixth year. And, and the first few years I was doing a lot of speaking, public speaking, and I've always been you know, good at public speaking. And that was, and so I thought, wouldn't that be great to just do that on a regular basis? And then I found that every public speaking opportunity that I had, I wanted it to come off like a TED talk. So I felt like I had to memorize it all. And so then for a month before the presentation, I was stressing about it and trying to memorize it. And it would take so much 
pressure. I, it just created so much pressure for me every day, almost dreading, you know, dreading the preparation of it that I thought, I don't want to live with that kind of pressure on me every single day. So maybe that's not, you know, not the thing yeah. I want to capitalize on. And again, that doesn't mean I don't want to come and speak to your group or that I won't share my ideas because for sure. But, it, you know, I learned that it wasn't something I want to develop on a, you know, I don't want to start a speaking tour or anything. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's a process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, you know, so many people want to tell you what to do. They, they're like, oh, Shannon, you would be really great at that. I'm like, everybody wants me to be a TV commentator. You know, Shannon, mm. oh, you'd be so great at that. And I'm like, but I don't love speaking into a lens. I don't. Mm. I really don't. I That is not the medium that I love. I love speaking to people. <laughs> and almost the preparation for that, right, of doing uh-huh. that, um, has, has that like gave me heart palpitations. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to get everybody's name. Right. And I have to know all their stats. And I have to like that. It just, it, it made me so nervous. Whereas keynote speaking, it's just more of a conversation for me. Mm. So it's funny that you had that feeling with that. Um, so yeah, I like every, and every day, you know, someone's like, Oh, you should do TV. And I'm like, no, no, I shouldn't. (laughs) I'm I'm really good with where I'm at. So it's funny that, you know, just being able to say no just because somebody else sees your potential knowing what's true into your heart is more important every day we have choices to create the life we want and sometimes that's saying no and sometimes and and that journey I think the journey is very important to note that it's not a direct line and I don't think you want it to be a direct line otherwise think of all the experiences you'd miss Oh my gosh. I mean, I've lived like five lifetimes in my lifetime. Right. And, you know, and I think that's so incredible. It's so much fun to have tried something and say, "Mm -mm, that is not for me. Or, oh my gosh, yes, I would do that every single day the rest of my life if I could. Um, So it's no tell you try. Yeah, exactly. So I, and I always, um, I'm so, I'm so thankful to be married to my husband. Cause when we met, he owned a bike shop, really successful bike shop. He, um, then started the coffee company with me, sold that became a fly fishing guide and just sold that piece to his, um, to his partner and now owns an HVAC business. Oh wow! What four businesses can you get <laughs> further apart and, um, and just be good at them all. Like, that's pretty awesome. It's very inspiring to me. Um, and I love to be around his creativity every day. Oh, it's nice to have that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So you have an adage, always do one more. What does that mean? Well, you know, it was funny. Um, before COVID, I would speak to all kinds of companies about one more and how can you be more productive? How can you do one more sale? How can you, you know, capture one more customer? How could you, you know, just get, 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 get. And, and now I find, you know, that one more is, is really about kind of how are, how can we take care of ourselves how can we do one more minute of every single day for us to maybe live live mindfully, maybe to just sit here and breathe, maybe to leave work a minute early, 
Um, you know, can we write a thank you to our team, um, to somebody special on a team and, and, and notice how incredible they've become or the effort that they've put forward, or maybe they're having a hard time. What's one more thing, you know, during the day that we can do to honor ourselves and the team and the people that we work with. Um, so it really stemmed from, you know, just doing one little ounce of effort a day, one more squat, one more pull up. Um, and when that added up over time, mm-hmm. how much more work and energy you were able to put into something. Um, I like to think about, you know, if you put in a penny every single day into the bank over time, you've got like a hundred bucks and you didn't even know you put a hundred bucks in there <laughs> slow. Um, but those, those, those small efforts really add up. So that's an important thing that I really try to, to share to everybody and especially instill in my own kids. Mm. So final thoughts as we are tying up the interview on living extraordinary lives on purpose. What, what do you really want us to know? I just want you to, we only get one shot at this life and you can either live it for somebody else and other people's expectations and what they think you should do, or you can live it for you. And, um, and I really encourage if everybody has the means and the time to do it for you, because that's all we get. So tell us a little bit about what you are offering and how people can get a hold of you. Yeah, so I do corporate team building and leadership development and keynote speaking. I hire only Olympians um, that facilitate all of my sessions. So kind of seeing success through our lens. Um, and fun Olympic stories is always really nice. So you can find my company, teamempowerhour.com. And then also everything, all things pink, sparkly, and unicorns at my website, which is shannonbarkey.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook under at Shannon Barkey. So, and you can find me in my house being a mom. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> and in the show notes for this episode on, on the website, loveyourstorypodcast.com, I'll have all her contact information. So you can go there to find her links and to figure out how to get a hold of her. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Shannon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and best wishes. And just thank you to your audience for listening and having me and um, keep crushing life, everybody. So fun on this Christmas, winter, December episode to talk to such a skiing icon. Um, And I want to end with just two quotes. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. This is all about that mindset. And it goes, it just applies to every single part of our lives. Albert Einstein said, quote, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity, unquote. I I think that these simple, simple truths are really key to whether we live the lives that we want on purpose and whether we can accomplish things like getting that mental toughness and that emotional toughness and using the tools to accomplish and live the lives that we really want to live. I hope you've enjoyed the talk with Shannon today because she is definitely an example of being able to do that. Like she mentioned, we only have one life to live. So why not make it something fabulous and unforgettable? What does that mean for you? As we're coming into the end of the year here, we are 
you know, we do the same thing we always do at the end of the year. We take stock of where we've been and then we get ready to set goals and do things a little differently in the coming year to make some progress. And I feel like this is a really key and fabulous episode to kind of end the the last part of the year with because it's time to take stock. So your challenge is to take a few minutes to take stock of where your mindset has been. Have you been using these tools? Are there places where you can use? Well, first of all, are you creating this this brilliant life, this one life that you want to live that's fabulous and unforgettable? And if you're not, what would that look like? So maybe grab a notebook and kind of write some of those things out. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? You can call it a bucket list if you want, but you can also just call it, what haven't I accomplished that I still want to? What's in front of me? And then I would encourage you to use this mental technique that we were talking about here, where you spend some time completely visualizing everything out of what your life looks like as you create that thing, as you overcome whatever obstacles might be in front of you, or as you, or you, like you doing. The, the thing that you want to do and how that makes you feel and bring all of those senses into it. You know, sometimes it's just small and simple things that make this huge difference. But I believe that focus and pulling in the tools that you know can help you with a path of mindset shifts, positive talk shifts, it's a choice to do the one more thing, right? A choice to keep at it, a choice to follow your intuition, not your fear. And before you know it, life is big and bold and extraordinary. Yes, May 2023 be all of those things for you because you're willing to do that work, the small and simple things. So we will see you in two weeks. My ask for you is, will you please share this with somebody? Um, They're super easy to share on your app. Just, you know, hit the arrow, share it in a text, send it to somebody that you love and create some good in the world. And if you love it, we'd also love for you to leave a review. Thanks for being here. We'll see you in two weeks.